Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harrison Walker. Join us each week as we explore the far reaches of the globe in search of unique characters and stories to share. Reach beyond your front door as we uncover new perspectives, intriguing ideas, and lessons learned over time. Let's jump in. Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. So astute was Victor Borga, the well-known 20th century comedian. Laughter is healing, it is bonding, and it is a method of communication that we all use almost from birth. Discover with us the benefits of a laughter practice with Celeste Green, yoga laughter specialist. So let's get a giggle on as we have a lark learning about laughter. This is going to be a funny one, Walker. I'm already feeling the giggles coming on. You aren't going to slap me in the face with a tortilla, are you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Is that supposed to be funny? Have you not heard about the tortilla slapping thing? No. Wow. The the trend is past and you haven't even heard of it yet? No. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of slapstick kind of humor. (laughs) Me neither. Like that whipped cream in the face game that was popular a few years ago. I do not find games funny if there's a need to clean up after. Me neither. Call me crazy. Yeah. It's interesting, though, how one person can find something really funny and another person not so much. I know. I guess that's what makes comedy such a tough business. Many actors actually say that it's much easier to play a dramatic role than a comedic one. Yeah. I remember once in high school, I took a spoonful of Frosty, which for those who don't know what a Frosty is, it's a liquidy ice cream drink, and I flung it in the face of a guy I liked. It did not go over well. Wow, shocking, Walker. (laughs) I know, I know. It seems like it wouldn't. But, you know, it's the type of thing people do in the movies all the time. I know. Usually there's an awkward pause. Everyone bursts out laughing, thinking it's super funny. Well, I learned that day that not everyone thinks this sort of thing is funny. I miscalculated clearly. He was super angry, and I spent the next hour trying to win back his favor. I know. It happens. Do you remember (laughs) in middle school, Cotton Ginny Pants? Oh, do I. And for those of you who don't remember Cotton Ginny pants, they were very <laughs> colorful sweatpants. And I don't know, someone's some elastic waist. You elastic forgot the waist. elastic yeah. waist yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> elastic waist. And somewhere, somehow, someone discovered that they were really easy to pull down. And this started a craze of pants pulling in my grade eight class. I did it too. Did you? <laughs> One day, I decided to pull down the pants of this guy. And I mean, I had had my pants pulled down before. I didn't think it was a big deal. I pulled his pants down and the look on his face, he was mortified. I think I scarred him for life. He was not happy. I did that as well, though, except my friend was in the middle of an ice rink. On a busy Saturday afternoon. I know. I look back and it was terrible. Why wasn't she wearing snow pants over her (laughs) cotton jinnies? They weren't as cool as cotton (laughs) jinnies. Jinny was super cool. (laughs) They were cool. So Walker, what kind of things make you laugh? Ah, good question. You know, I'm not 100% sure I know. I'm not a big fan of slapstick comedy, that's for sure. Um, The odd pratfall is fine, but an entire movie with the characters walking into walls and getting hit in the face with things, it's not my sort of thing. No, me neither. And, you know, I may be in the minority here, but I'm not a big fan of Just for Laughs or America's Funniest Videos, that sort of thing either. I did like it when I was younger, but as I got older, I... 
I don't know. I tended to lose interest watching it after just a few. I, I find that the gag goes on so long that I'm like, enough already. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I sound kind of cranky. Do I sound no, cranky? No, you don't sound cranky because I'm kind of on board with that. I'm much more of a fan of funny cat videos. Though, oh. as most who know me well, I also have a very serious and severe character flaw that makes me break into laughter when I just see one. people fall. Just one. Just one. Okay. Just one. Other, <laughs> other than that, I'm perfect. Um, but this is really not a good quality. It, Walker, it's going to get me in trouble one day. <laughs> well, you know what? You'll be happy to hear that it's perfectly normal to laugh when somebody falls. Okay. Yeah. According to clinical psychologist Jean-Vierre Boulot-Peltier, when we expect something to happen and it doesn't, for instance, you expect someone to sit on a chair and they miss a chair, laughing at the situation is a way of resolving the incongruity by formulating a new, more coherent comic interpretation of what we witnessed. Okay. She's also said that when we perceive perplexity in the facial expression of the victim of clumsiness, you know, a look of bewilderment, surprise, or astonishment, this information creates a context that triggers our laughter. On the other hand, if we can read suffering or anger in the facial expression, we will be touched by the distress of the victim of the fall and be empathetic to their distress, which will prevent us from laughing. Our neural circuits appear to have the ability to recognize and appreciate the funny elements of unfortunate situations and analyze the context as non-threatening. Oh, that's really interesting. I know, right? Yeah. Good to know I'm hardwired to laugh. (laughs) Well, she said, we aren't laughing at the other person's suffering or distress. We're reacting to their surprise, to the incongruity of the situation, and to their bewildered expression, having deciphered that they are not actually in distress and have not really hurt themselves. Yeah, that makes me feel better. Now I have a way to explain away my heartlessness when people fall. Well, yeah, it's not like you flung ice cream in somebody's face or anything on purpose. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Although I don't find physical comedy funny, I do find awkward situations funny. Like when someone puts their foot in their mouth. I think somehow I find it more believable, maybe Mm. because I've done it a million times myself. But it can't go on too long or it becomes uncomfortable and not funny. Like I find some of the chain of events that which occur on the Larry Sanders show painful to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I'm too much of an empath to enjoy people's awkward faux pas. And I can't stand comedy based on misunderstandings. Oh, yeah. Like, do you remember Three's Company? It was just one long chain of misunderstandings. Me nuts. Jack was always in trouble with Mr. Roper or Mr. Furley, or he was caught with some girl and it wasn't really what it seemed. Drove me nuts. And don't even get me started on Snuffle Up, I guess. Oh, there's a lot to uncover there, mm-hmm. Harris. So do you consider yourself a stand-up comedy person? Like, do I moonlight as a comedian? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. Do you enjoy watching stand-up? Yeah, I think it depends on the comedian. But yeah, I like it. Yeah, I do too. But I haven't gone to see a stand-up comic in years. I admit, though, these days I spend more time than I should looking at funny videos on social media. Would they happen to be cat videos, Walker? Well, listen, I think anyone is lying, absolutely lying, if they say they don't think any of the crazy cat videos posted on social media are funny. They're hilarious. (laughs) They're hilarious and addictive. I'm totally with you. My family and I actually, we have a group chat that is composed mostly of funny cat videos or cockatoos. Man, you're organized. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the cat videos, it has its own little forum. There's one cockatoo video, though, that really cracks me up, even when I just think about it. There's this cockatoo who's this big white cockatoo jamming it up to Elvis while his owner plays the guitar. <laughs> and he's trying to get his like other cockatoo honey into it. And he's like sidling over trying to get her in the mood. She remains unimpressed. But it is hysterical. Have I sent it to you yet, Walker? Uh, no, but I hope okay. <laughs> I hope soon. It's coming. Well, right now, funny scare pranks are trending on TikTok. Like when someone hides behind a door and jumps out and then records the person's reaction to being scared. Yeah. Scare pranks have always been popular, though I don't like them being pulled on me. <laughs> yeah. Those can be amusing, but much more so than those pranks last year. Do you remember when kids were telling their parents that their favorite celebrity had died? which they hadn't, and the kids were filming the parents' reactions, it was a little edgy. Yeah, well, I actually thought a few of them were super funny, but the ones I watched were pretty tame. You know, I can see how the prank could be perceived as being in bad taste, especially if the prankster knew the prank would cause extreme emotional stress for their target. Mm -hmm. These videos became especially unpopular when the child of actress Angela Bassett made a video pranking his mother about the supposed death of Michael B. Jordan. She knew him from high school, so her reaction was just as you might imagine. The video was taken down with an apology, saying that it was a teaching moment for himself and all. Oh, yeah. oops. Yeah. I guess just as beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, so is humor. Mm -hmm. Laughter is one of those things that we do, like eating and breathing, laughing is something we do un involuntarily without sometimes even knowing why we do it. Yeah, I had this high school friend who laughed every time she said something, like at the end of every oh, sentence. No. Yeah, it kind of went like, yeah, so I'm going to the store today. <laughs> I know. So it was a nervous laugh. I have sympathy. I have sympathy. Well, I've actually never thought about why and how we laugh. So I'm sure there is more to it than we might think. Yeah. Psychologists such as Janet Gibson, Professor Emerita of Cognitive Psychology at Grinnell College in Iowa, said that in the case of humans, laughter evolved as a communication signal. She said that the idea was that laughter was an external signal that can tell the group, everything's okay, we can relax. There's no need to be anxious or threatened by what's happening around us. She also said the belief is that over the centuries, the brain kept these connections so that we now laugh when we hear things that are relaxing, funny, surprising, or amusing. Oh, that's really neat. So mm -hmm. what is actually happening when we laugh? Well, as you may have thought, it is a little complicated. Dr. Sanjay Gupta explained the process which the body goes through leading up to a laugh. It starts in the frontal lobe of your brain where we each receive and interpret information. If we interpret something as funny, then there's an emotional response in the limbic system, which controls feelings, and in the motor cortex, which is stimulated too, controlling our physical response. And that's the laugh we know in its many forms. The laugh itself begins with a large contraction in the ribcage, which happens quickly, pushing air. Well, I wasn't exactly sure what was happening, but it's a lot more complicated than I thought. Yeah, it, it really is. Physical stimuli like tickling can also cause us to laugh, but it's not necessary. And I personally have never found <laughs> can I tickle you now? anything funny about tickling. <laughs> what is funny about tickling? I don't know. I think it's a power thing. It's weird. <laughs> say uncle. Say uncle. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Interestingly, though, we often laugh not because something is funny, but also laughter is often just affirmations, communications, or expressions of joy. 
Psychologist William Hudenko at Ithaca College says there are two types that have been identified, voiced and unvoiced. Well, that's pretty neat. I didn't know that there were categories. Me neither. Voiced is the typical sound we think of when we think of a laugh. It's natural and spontaneous, whereas unvoiced is not spontaneous. It's conscious and involves grunting, snorting sounds that we make on purpose. So I would like you to demonstrate for us, Walker. Hard pass. (laughs) Hard pass. (laughs) Apparently when adults laugh, 50% of the time it's voiced and 50% of the time it's unvoiced. Children, on the other hand, take part much more in unconscious voiced laughter because they haven't yet learned to laugh on purpose. Well, I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, the thought is that the unvoiced form, the grunting and snorting and whatnot, is used to negotiate social interactions, and the voiced might be linked to just that positive internal state. Apparently, we are just scratching the surface of our knowledge about laughter, too. Psychologist Gina Moreau at Northern Vermont University says that psychology still has a lot of catching up to do to balance out what is known about negative emotions compared with what's known about positive emotions. Well, neat. So much more work to be done. Now, did you know that we're 30 times more likely to laugh when we are with other people instead of being alone? I didn't know that, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, I am totally hilarious, (laughs) but I can only entertain myself so much. Well, they say laughter is the best medicine. If this is the case, then laughing in the company of others has got to be very healing. A perfect segue, Walker, to our (laughs) conversation with our guest, Celeste Green. We are lucky today to speak with Celeste, yoga laughter specialist and owner of Celeste Green Laughs based in Atlanta, Georgia. She has shared her laughter and happiness in features on CNN, Psychology Today, Forbes, and more. Welcome, Celeste. Thank you so much for joining us today at At Home and Abroad. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we are really looking forward to this interview today because we need an excuse to laugh. So many of our listeners have not maybe yet heard of laughter yoga. Could you explain to us a little bit about what it's all about? Absolutely. So a lot of people have not heard of this concept, but I do believe we are on the crest of a laughter wave. So uh, basically this is a wonderful health movement in which practically anybody can laugh for a good long time without needing any jokes or humor or comedy. So this whole concept is based on scientific evidence that shows that both genuine laughter and simply going through the motions of laughter both have health benefits. So whether you're laughing at something funny or you're laughing because you're just having a good time making laughter sounds, both of those benefit your health. So what we do in the laughter yoga sessions is We generate laughter as a form of exercise, um, which is easy to do in a group, and we let ourselves be playful, and we make eye contact while we're together, and what happens most of the time is that that laughter that starts out as initially just going through the motions of laughter becomes genuine and contagious. Um, But remember, it doesn't matter if it doesn't because you still get the health benefits. It's called laughter yoga because of the diaphragmatic activity of the laughter and the intentional breathing that we do in the laughter yoga sessions. So Mm -hmm. that's where it gets the name laughter yoga. It's not the bendy kind of yoga that you might be thinking. And this started in India in 1995, and it started with a medical doctor and his wife, a yoga teacher, 
it has now spread to over 110 countries all over the world. People are coming together to laugh on purpose and get the health benefits of laughter. Wow, that's amazing. And yes, not the bendy kind of yoga, if if our listeners are thinking about that. So how did you embark on this journey, uh, bringing laughter and joy to people? Well, it found me. So uh, in the late 2000s, I, I was working in marketing and advertising. And when we had the economic downturn of 2008, I got laid off from my job and um, it really hit me really hard. I was very, I like identified with my job as who I was in in some ways. And, uh, you know, I was very uh, depressed, anxious. Also, I, I had an accident and so pain related to that. And then just to top it off, I got dumped <laughs> and Aww. I was like, I just need to laugh. And I had done comedy in the past, um, so I didn't want to get at the laughter in that way. And so I started hunting around and my internet rabbit hole took me to laughter yoga. And I was very interested and intrigued. Um, They had a training in Florida. I had a severance check. So I thought, you know what? I will go to Florida and laugh with these people. (laughs) That's amazing. Yes. I went to Florida and laughed with those people. Some of them I'm still friends with today. Uh, That was in 2010. And I came home to Atlanta and was ready to share this with anybody that would do it with me. So um, I started a free laughter class and um, I've had that class now for, gosh, it's been 13 years then I, you know, I just set up a, a website and um, people started contacting me and they wanted, you know, stress management, team building, those kinds of things. And so I started helping people and sharing laughter and um, also uh, shared a lot of laughter with elders as well. And and my own grandmother, she was living with dementia and uh, through the laughter yoga, we were still able to connect and share laughs, even though she was kind of past the whole getting the joke right. phase. <laughs> so. yeah, that's brilliant. And it does, it does connect people laughter, even if you're not familiar with each other, it's a really bonding experience. It is the shortest distance between two people. And when you laugh, it does release that bonding hormone oxytocin. So you really do connect with others and feel a closeness to others when you laugh together. Okay. Well, could you take us through maybe a little example of what you do in your laughter yoga classes? I would love to take you through a little example. So, so first, <laughs> so just to just to get started, we're going to check and make sure we're all there. Um, so <laughs> I want to invite you to just pat your whole body, just wake up your body, check and make sure all while laughing, just to warm up. All right, ready, go. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. (laughs) That's the magic. (laughs) And say this with me, ho, ho, Ha ha ha! Join in. Ho 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 ho! Ha ha ha! Last one. Ho ho ho! Ha ha ha! And yay! Yay! Wonderful. 
<laughs> so this exercise is called cell phone laughter. So if you have your cell phone nearby, you could pick it up. Or if not, this this hand um, works really well. Okay. <laughs> and I want to invite you to imagine that you're enjoying a funny phone conversation and just laugh along at what you hear. I'll share my phone with you. You share your phone with me. We'll enjoy all the shared laughs together. All right. Cell phone laughter. Ready. Go. <laughs> and say this with me very good very, very good, good. Yay. yay let's do it again very good very good very good, very good. Yay. <laughs> wonderful i want to invite you just to place your hands on your heart and just enjoy a nice deep breath in just breathing in and breathing out just a little smile as you breathe in and breathing out. Wonderful. So in the sessions, this this goes on for a little while. Basically what we do is we come together and we engage in a warm-up, just getting ready for laughter. So warming up the body, warming up the voice. I introduced the concept, what is laughter yoga? Because many people, as you mentioned, haven't heard of it. And then we just, we dive right into these intentional laughter exercises and we intersperse the breathing all throughout, which is what helps you to, to do the laughter for, for a longer period of time. And then I guide the group through a little laughter meditation, which is basically a free flowing time of laughter that uh, it's normal to have ebbs and flows between laughter and silence during that time. And then I guide the group through a grounding activity. So a a little guided relaxation. And then we have some time for sharing and a little bit of chit chat. And that's pretty much how it, how it rolls, (laughs) at least in my group. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Celeste, I I really enjoyed that. And I'm one of those people that had never heard of laughter yoga. It was actually Heather who had brought it up that, that we should pursue this topic on the show. Um, I partially love it because you need no equipment either, right? (laughs) Like other than yourself and, you know, a willingness to show up for yourself. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I've heard the phrase, you take yourself wherever you go, but it is so true um, that, and that's such a beautiful thing about laughter and, and is that you, you don't have to have any special exercise attire or equipment. You know, when I come into businesses and I do this with groups, I mean, they're wearing their regular clothing that they came to work in, you know, and, and yes, in terms of my business, yes, the costs are low because it's basically uh, laughing and breathing and, you know, a little bit of marketing in there too. (laughs) So I can imagine that the health and wellness benefits of laughter yoga are multiple, you know, the old adage, laughter is the best medicine. Can you share a few of the benefits? Yes. So laughter shares health benefits in common with aerobic exercise, which to me, I think is amazing. Because even if you're sedentary, 
you can get the benefits of a mild aerobic workout by laughing. So what are some of those benefits? Well, there's physical health benefits and there's mental health benefits. Some of the physical health benefits that have been validated in the scientific literature is laughter strengthens and relaxes your muscles. So I'm talking about your skeletal, gastrointestinal, cardiac, pulmonary, you know, all your muscle systems are working when you're laughing. It improves your respiration and circulation, bringing fresh oxygen, helping your organs to function more effectively. It helps with pain management, pain tolerance. It improves your immune system defenses. And then it's got a ton of mental health benefits as well. So it helps with symptoms of depression, anxiety, stress. It helps in the connection that you mentioned. It also stimulates overall quality of life and feelings of well-being. So yes, it's it's got a wonderful <laughs> array of benefits. That's just a handful. There's more. And the great thing is that you don't have to be genuinely laughing in order to get these benefits. So, I mean, for me, I've, I've been laughing on purpose now for, you know, 13 years and I don't always feel like laughing. And that's the beauty of this practice is you can, you can literally just make the sounds. It doesn't need to transition into genuine and contagious laughter. Often it does. Yeah. But it doesn't need to. That is quite the beautiful thing about it, isn't it? Because yeah. I think people would instinctively think that you have to be in a laughing, joyful mood to reap the benefits. You do not. And in my own life, I have had, you know, dark times. And, you know, in these darker times and uh, seasons of life, being able to laugh, even when it didn't transition into genuine and contagious laughter, it did give me a boost. Now, when I'm feeling good already and I laugh, <laughs> it genuinely ends up making me laugh. Yeah. But, but there have been times in my life where it did not transition into genuine and contagious laughter. And that's okay because simply going through the motions of laughter can create the emotions of happiness. Yeah. And that long list of benefits, which I have to say, I've yet to see a list that long on the side of a medicine bottle. So, and you say that's only a partial list. So, so it's a pretty special thing. Now I've read that your laughter work with older adults inspired you to complete your master of arts in gerontology. I know you mentioned Alzheimer's earlier on in the interview. How can seniors specifically benefit from laughter yoga? Well, seniors can benefit in the in the same ways that we all can benefit from laughter, but seniors in particular, there are some unique ways in which the laughter benefits them. So oftentimes, you know, in the settings that I work in, you know, like senior living, you know, you've come together and you've given up your home and now all of a sudden you're here in the day room, you know, with this group of strangers. So coming together and laughing and connecting with those people um, is so beneficial. A lot of my sessions with elders are facilitated while seated, not all of them. And the work that I've done, the research that I've done has shown that even this seated exercise improved cardiorespiratory endurance. So that's beneficial. Also, yeah, yeah. seniors in particular often struggle with pain. 
And so laughter can be a great way to help with pain tolerance, pain management, you know, the immune benefit and overall quality of life and life satisfaction is also a a really meaningful benefit of the laughter. So with my grandma, it was so beneficial because my, my grandmother and I, she had a great sense of humor and we enjoyed lots of laughter together growing up. I remember plenty of times of us just totally cutting up. And when she got the dementia, she was unable to engage with us in that way. And so with the laughter yoga and the way in which I lead it, she was able to still laugh and engage. And we were able to still keep that laughter alive. Mm -hmm. And that's what inspired me to get the master's degree in gerontology because I saw the improvements for my grandmother. I saw the improvements for, you know, her friends It helped her make some friends. And, um, and I just wanted other people's grandmas and, and grandpas. Um, but it's mostly ladies in that in oh, is those it? kinds of places. Yeah, mostly, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. are the gentlemen shy? Um, there's just fewer of them. Well, that's true. Right? Yes. Imagine that. There's fewer of them. So if you're, you know, a good looking guy, you can be a a celebrity. (laughs) Especially a joyful, happy one as well, right? I guess so. So I, I wanted to bring this up. In 2017, you were awarded the prestigious Laughter Ambassador Distinction by Dr. Madan Kataria, the founder of the Worldwide Laughter Yoga Movement. So this is this is a big deal. What did this recognition of your work mean to you? You know, it came as such a surprise. I, I'm kind of a funny person. I'm I'm extroverted, but at the same time, I can be very private, and um, I, I don't boast about my accomplishments very much. I kind of just keep a low profile. <laughs> so I didn't even really know that the research that I did was going to create such a such an impact in in the the laughter yoga world um and so yes when i did that study looking at the uh, health benefits of laughter in assisted living residents that was i i think what pushed me into that laughter ambassador yeah. uh, zone and it, it's great to be recognized i i am very shy when it comes to being recognized but but it is nice and um you know, I personally know uh, Madan and his wife Maduri, and it's just always just nice to to have that connection. I'm just so grateful to them for bringing this practice into the world, and for I'm so grateful I found it. It's helped me through a number of tribulations, and also in the pandemic, um, it it really helped me with isolation, being able to connect with people through these worldwide laughter clubs, which I want to talk about a little bit and being able to still connect with people for me was instrumental in, in getting through that. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how someone can get started in laughter yoga, whether it's, you know, taking a class or eventually being trained to be able to, to teach this as well. Yes. So yes, it's very accessible. So in laughter yoga, we have these things and it's called a laughter club. 
it is not exclusive. It's not that kind of club. You don't, you don't even need to pay an entry fee in, in most cases. Basically, these laughter clubs are places physically as well as on Zoom where people come together to get the health benefits of laughter. So the way I described how I run my session, that's how my laughter club runs. That's how most of my sessions run. The, the main thing is to start attending laughter clubs. So find a laughter club. And the great thing about it is there's so many different styles, the laughter yoga. It's really fun um, to go. Yeah. To go to all the different clubs and participate and meet friends. I mean, you could just do it all day long. And, and I have, (laughs) so that's the first step. And then also laughing more uh, alone is also beneficial. I mean, it's more contagious in a group for sure. But that being said, even just ha 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 he, 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 while you're getting ready can really improve your mood. So then if you're like, oh my God, I'm I'm just, I'm loving laughter. I want to learn more about it. Then you should take the certified laughter yoga leader training. And what that is, is that's a two-day training where you learn about the foundation of laughter yoga, the benefits, uh, how it works, you know, the framework. It's tons of facilitation skills and practice because ultimately, uh, we want you to come out of the certified laughter yoga leader training, you know, ready to lead laughter yoga in groups and to to put yourself out there and do it. So that's the first step. And I I do have a certified laughter yoga leader training in I person. I was going to ask you that, whether they could come to you for that yes, or listeners. They can. I, I do it in person here in Atlanta, as well as online on live on Zoom. And then also I, I do a a decent amount of travel where sometimes a, an organization will have six or eight people that they want to certify. So I'll come on site and help them with like an internal training. Then if you're like, oh my God, I became a certified <laughs> laughter yoga leader. I love it. You start leading laughter yoga. It's going great. And then you can take it to the next level and become a certified laughter yoga teacher. And that's what I am. And so that's a five-day training. You deepen your knowledge and understanding. And then the, the, I don't want to say the last step. I don't think there's ever a last step with laughter. You just keep laughing. The third level is the master trainer. And this is what I'm aspiring to. There's not very many master trainers out there, only a few in the United States. So uh, this is a person that's been hand-selected by Dr. Kataria. And this person can facilitate the laughter yoga teacher training, as well as the laughter yoga leader training. So, So it's basically a train the trainer model. So I'm working towards that. It does take time. You have to have led X number of trainings in order to, to get that distinction. Yeah. So, and, and the, the good thing is these certifications are good for life, (laughs) unintended. Um, (laughs) And there's so much flexibility too, right? Like you can enjoy this on so many different levels. Yeah. So for me, when I came into the training, I had no aspirations of leading laughter yoga or becoming a laughter yoga professional. For me, I was just in a place where I needed to laugh. Something told me, go laugh, go laugh with these people. You need this. And I went 
And then I came home and I just wanted to tell people about it. For me, everything happened very organically. You know, when things are right, it it does seem like things happen very organically. And and people reached out to me. I was able to help them and, and it helped me. It, you know, people think I helped them, but really they helped me. So. Oh, well, you know, you know, it's right when that happens, right? Yeah. Well, you know what, Heather, I fear for our taping this afternoon. I suspect <laughs> it's going to take a long time. I think you might be, be right about that. Into laughter the whole time. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today, Celeste, and bringing us such happiness and joy and going through that whole process of one of your practices. You can learn more about Celeste and her healing work by watching her TED Talk entitled Liberating Your Laughter or find her on Instagram at at Celeste Green Laughs, on Facebook, YouTube, on her website at www.celestegreenlaughs.com. Thank you very much, Celeste. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely talking to you both. It's been a lot of fun. I just love Celeste. (laughs) What an absolute joy it was laughing with her. I didn't know if I could stop. I've already signed up with her laughter club and it's just so wonderful to learn that laughter has so many benefits, right? So true. So according to Professor Janet Gibson, laughing may control brain levels of the neurotransmitter serotonin similar to what antidepressants do. Hmm. By minimizing your brain's responses to threats, it limits the release of neurotransmitters and hormones like cortisol that can wear down your cardiovascular, metabolic, and immune systems over time. Laughter is kind of like an antidote to stress, which weakens these systems and increases vulnerability to diseases. Hmm. Some people claim that not only is laughter good for us physically and emotionally, but that humor is an essential life skill. I totally believe that. With the number of knocks the world throws our way, a sense of humor is imperative to staying resilient, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Well, a good sense of humor is thought to be great for maintaining relationships, both professional and personal. Apparently, humor is even being taught in some universities now because having a good sense of humor is one quality that leaders share. Hmm. The Stanford Graduate School of Business offers a course, Humor is Serious Business, which teaches about the power of humor to make and scale positive change in the world, and also to achieve business objectives, build more effective and innovative organizations, and cultivate stronger bonds. Now, this course claims that humor is one of the greatest competitive advantages in business and life. Wow. Yeah. As for our personal relationships, we often hear that having a good sense of humor makes a short list of qualities people look for in a mate. When the looks go, Harris, it helps to have a good sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) You know the expression, couples that laugh together stay together? Well, laughter eases stress we experience in our daily lives. Sophie Scott, a professor of neuroscience at University College London, says that laughter can make it easier for couples to communicate and maintain relationship bonds. Mm -hmm. And in an article entitled, How Laughter Brings Us Together, Sarah Algo stated that shared laughter signals that people who laugh together see the world in the same way. 
perceived similarity ends up being an important part of the story of the relationship. She also suggests that partners may want to find opportunities to laugh together in order to boost closeness, especially before having difficult or conflict-prone conversations. There's a tip for you. Yeah. This, of course, does not include situations where one person is laughing at the other person, I imagine. Yes. Laughing with, not at. Correct. Mm -hmm. Also, sometimes jokes just don't translate. In the words of Mark Twain, explaining humor is a lot like dissecting a frog. You learn a lot in the process, (laughs) but in the end, you kill it. So true. Explaining a joke does take all the fun out of it. Humor, whether they are simple, straightforward dad jokes, you know, or more complicated, nuanced jokes, humor can be regionally specific. Hence the expression, humor doesn't travel. Have you heard that? I've never heard that expression, but I like it. I know. I hadn't heard it either. Well, what I can tell you is that studies have shown that there is a difference between Western and Eastern perception of humor. A 2021 Psychology Today article recounted the findings from studies conducted in Hong Kong and China, which revealed that Westerners consider humor to be a desirable trait associated with, with positivity and emphasize the importance of humor. On the other hand, Easterners don't think of humor as positive. According to most Chinese natives, humor is a trait that exclusively belongs to experts. Hmm. Westerners found everyday people more funny, while participants from China thought comedians were funnier. That's really interesting, especially considering all my funny cat videos are on TikTok, which is Chinese. Yeah, well, maybe they're targeted at Westerners. I think you might be right. (laughs) You're onto something there, Well, the difference was attributed to societal differences. The West values autonomy and self-expression, novelty of thinking and freedom of expression. And the East emphasizes a hierarchical social structure and respect for authority. Westerners are also more likely to use humor as a way of coping with stress. The psychology of humor and integrative approach puts it well. Humor and laughter is strongly influenced by cultural norms, beliefs, attitudes, and values. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And as such, humor and laughter are increasingly becoming a topic of study. Hey, maybe we should go back to school for another degree in laughter. That sounds like fun. (laughs) That would be fun. Another PhD for you, Walker. Yeah, exactly. Did you know that there are scientists who have the absolute pleasure of studying baby laughter? Come on, what a job. I know, sign us up. (laughs) Baby laughter is so contagious. As we all know, babies laugh before they can speak, approximately at the three-month mark. Researchers are studying the sounds they make and how these contribute to communication and connection. Casper Adaman is one such researcher who is trying to understand what makes babies and young children laugh. He says the game that babies around the world just love is... Peekaboo! Peekaboo! You guessed it. They think it's hysterically funny. His study also revealed that children laugh eight times as much when they watch a funny cartoon in the presence of another child. Interestingly, though, they didn't laugh more when they watched the cartoon with more children or a group of children, and this indicates that laughter is more than what they refer to as just a contagious reaction, but it's a signal to someone else who's in the room with them. He said that the main reason they're laughing is to communicate that they find the content or whatever it is funny. Apparently, when preschoolers watched the cartoon alone, they sometimes looked around and tried to catch the researcher's eye during the funny moments. Isn't that cute? It's adorable. And what really makes babies laugh, of course, is adult attention. Casper Adaman says that when a baby laughs, they're having a conversation with you. Well, that's pretty sweet. 
I know. Adamant is still trying to figure out why the babies feel the need to communicate their enjoyment with the people who are in their presence. He thinks it may be connected with the idea proposed by Oxford anthropologist and primatologist Robin Dunbar, who proposed that laughter may be a replacement for grooming, which is an earlier primate behavior. Isn't that strange? It's so cool. I've always wondered, though, whether animals laugh. You know, I've never wondered that, but it is a very good question. Mm -hmm. I've actually always wondered if animals feel embarrassment. (laughs) I suspect Uh, no. Yeah. But that's for another episode. No. (laughs) My my animals, you know, they have a poopy in the wrong place. There's no shame. They don't they just walk away. Yeah. Well, I have the answer to your question. It's yes and no. Okay. Well, that's really specific, Walker. (laughs) If I had to guess myself, I would have said no. But funnily enough, no pun intended, some animals do laugh, but others do not. Mm, That's pretty cool. I would imagine that primates do. I think I've actually seen a documentary with chimps laughing. Yes, you're right. They do. But there are many more species that do as well. A 2021 study out of the University of California revealed that possibly 65 species might laugh during play. Wow. Most were mammals, including primates, as you said, but also foxes, killer whales, seals, and three bird species. In animals, the vocalization is communicating, I'm not actually going to bite you in the neck. This is just going to be a mock bite. (laughs) Good to know. I know. And the sound keeps the behavior from what they say from escalating into real aggression, according to Sasha Winkler from the UCLA's anthropology department. Wow, that's uh, pretty interesting. It's disarming laughter, but we do that too, especially in tough business negotiations. Right, Walker? Yes, I can certainly think of a few examples. Mm. These animal vocalizations, though, are not like the human laugh that we're familiar with. Apparently, they believe that the number of species that laugh might actually be higher, but that animals are vocalizing in a quieter way and therefore haven't been identified as of yet. Wow. I know, need I? Yeah, very. This reminds me of the French television show, C'est Mon Choix which brought together people on stage with unique laughs. Have you seen that? No, but I'm going to Are you kidding me? You haven't seen it? I have to search it up. I'm sending it to you. Hearing laughter makes me laugh. Like Celeste's laugh was so contagious. But what about annoying laughs? What do you do if a coworker or worse, your partner has a laugh that you just can't stand? (laughs) (laughs) Are you looking at something, Harris? (laughs) I was wondering why you were looking at me like that. I'm trying to read the room here. It's not personal, Walker. Wasn't there a Seinfeld episode about this? <laughs> yeah, I think Jerry encountered a few ridiculously annoying laughs over the years. But I can't imagine you would actually date somebody who had a laugh that grated on you. It would be a deal breaker. But a work colleague, that could totally happen. Yeah, and it does happen a lot. Now, there's advice out there that can help you manage this as well. Start by being positive and accepting. And if you still can't handle it, you may have to resort to earplugs or earphones, then possibly a white noise machine. The white noise machine might be a big hint. It... might be. You could also try speaking to your colleague to explain that you're having troubles getting your work done, but this might, you know, sort of start something very uncomfortable, very unfunny. (laughs) Very unfunny. Yeah, they could be hurt or even become defensive, and neither of those things are very good in the workplace. But seriously, Walker, could you date somebody with an annoying laugh? 
Oh, probably not. But often people think that quirky things are so cute at the onset of a relationship Mm -hmm. until they commit. And then these things can become super annoying and problematic. (laughs) You are so right. If you're already annoyed with somebody, all of their foibles and flaws become so much more irritating. Now, I've read that you can overlook these things, you know, like an annoying laugh, if you can focus on more important aspects of the person, like their good character or big heart. Mm, I don't know about that, Walker. What if they sound like a sick donkey? Did you want to demonstrate that? (laughs) I think you should just cut your losses and run. I think you're right about that. And I'm a little sensitive, as you know, to irritating sounds. Like, for example, I cannot stand the sound of people eating their popcorn in the movie theater. I pretty much can't go to a movie in a movie theater because of it. So I know I couldn't tolerate an annoying laugh. But did you know that many people hate the sound of their own laugh? That doesn't surprise me. A lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. Right. Yes. But did you know that there's actually a wiki how on how to change your laugh in 12 steps? You've got to be kidding me. There is a 12-step plan for everything. (laughs) I know. I was surprised as well. All this annoying laughter conversation reminds me of the most annoying laughter of all. The laugh tracks on every sitcom we watched when we were growing up. Oh my God. I hated those laugh tracks back then. (laughs) And I find them even more annoying today when I watch one of those old shows from the 70s and 80s. Well, you're not alone. Time Magazine has called the laugh track one of the hundred worst ideas of the 20th century. Whoa. (laughs) They're not pulling any punches on that one, are they? (laughs) That's harsh. (laughs) Well, shockingly, although rare, they're still used today. According to Matthew Willis in his article, The Laugh Track, Loathe It or Love It, the laugh track started with radio and then in the 1950s became deeply rooted in television situation comedy shows. The laugh track is criticized mainly for three reasons. They coerce the audience, they dumb down the audience, and they deceive the audience. Originally, they were used to pump up the sound coming from a live audience or instead of a live audience if none was present during the taping. Yeah, they're so inauthentic, not funny, and they're relentlessly long and drawn out. But speaking of long and drawn out, did you know who holds the world record for the longest laugh? No, I do not. Well, the record holder is Rajendra Kumar from Jaipur, Rajasthan, India, who is a world laughter yoga master. Somehow I am not surprised, right? Yeah. (laughs) Rajendra has the record for the longest laughter in the Golden Book of World Records, Harvard World Records London, and International World Records book for laughing at three hours and 47 minutes. Nonstop? Nonstop. Come on. Yep. He's got to (laughs) be one very healthy guy. I would imagine so. Laughter is not a product of humor and happiness. It does us such good in body and soul. In the words of Charlie Chaplin, a day without laughter is a day wasted. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your host, Harrison Walker. Subscribe to follow us each week as we continue the conversation. You can also say hi to us on Instagram at at Harrison Walker. We would love to hear from you.